Hey, spooky listeners, welcome back to another episode of Spooky Luna's podcast, and I am your host, psychic medium, paranormal investigator, Luna. So sit back, grab your blanket, and let's get strange and unusual. Hey guys, and welcome back to episode three of Spooky Luna's podcast in season three. Wow. Uh, three episodes that goes really, really fast. So this season of the podcast, um, I'm digging into equipment and I think equipment is equipment is really, really important for paranormal investigators because we use them and then we use this equipment to show you guys what it is that we got. And if our equipment doesn't work properly, we don't know how it works or even if we can BS you on some things, mm, you'd probably want to know that. So today I'm going to go over a few things. They're they're not really considered in the same family, but they could technically be. So before we get into it, I just want to take a moment um, to talk about one of my sponsors today. Um, this is my business, lunaparanormal.com. So if you guys are interested, I do tarot readings. Um, I do readings with loved ones. Uh, I do have a YouTube channel with a paranormal series under Finding Unknown on YouTube. If you guys are interested in finding out any more information about that, all you have to do is go to lunaparanormal.com. That's L-U-N-A paranormal.com. You guys can always get in contact with me too and ask me questions or if you have any ideas or any advice about my podcast or maybe even want to be featured on one of my podcasts, please just go ahead and email me through my website. Okay, so now we're going to get into the devices that um, I like to use on investigations. Um, the word device is still fairly new in the world. This, this word hasn't been out for a very long time considering. So whenever we investigate, it's always a pet peeve of mine when paranormal investors, investigators say, hey, go over and touch that device. They might not know what that means. So I always try to say machines, um, but I'm going to use a device today because that's what you guys know it by because we grew up in this world where we use the word device. So maybe paranormal investigators, if you're listening to me, maybe think to yourself like, hey, you know, the 1400s or 1300s, they didn't use the word device. They have no idea what that means. So maybe start saying machines. Um, that might get better. Anyway, I'm not saying I'm better than everybody by saying that. I'm just throwing out there that these are machines. Um, so the first thing we're going to talk about today is the REM pod. Okay, so this is usually the REM pod that you guys are going to see on a lot of TV shows or YouTube videos. Um, I'm going to turn it on so anybody listening that's not watching on YouTube, just be aware of your ears. Um, so basically, it is set with a temperature gauge on it. Um, so the temperature gauge will fluctuate, it'll just be a red light. And as they get closer to um, the antenna, more lights will light up. And if they're actually touching it, it's going to flash. So if there's a spirit on it, you're going to know. And that's basically what it sounds like. So you have to get pretty close to the device, um, in order for it, uh, to go off. Um, so we're going to go over what it is and how it works. Um, let's see. First up, the REM pod. The REM pod stands for radiating electromagnetitisy. <laughs> I can't even say that word, so let's all laugh at me together, guys. Um, I could not find a standard definition for electromagnetic <laughs> I cannot say that word. It's so bad. Anyway, I got this article article from Skeptical 
um uh inquirer.org guys i can't even talk now just trying to say that word it's going to be funny let's laugh every single time i say that word anyway um so he couldn't find it even after a few hours of searching he reached out to one of his friends jonathan a doctor of computer science engineer and a college instructor a few hours later he wrote back to me and said look Looks like you made up the word on the surface, electromagnetic with the aesthetic <laughs> added in. I have found nothing in real journals, but after a bit more digging, I did come across several uses for the term that provide a hint to its meaning, the state, condition, or quality of the electromagnetic EM field. It is uncommon for the paranormal community, especially those selling these gadgets, to latch onto a creative, science sounding terms to promote unscientific devices. I mean, they are machines, so maybe they are scientific. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, where did the paranormal gadget come from? Um, it was created by Gary Galka an electrical engineer and founder of DAS distribution or DAS distribution, which constructs uh, sound meters, humidity and temperature meters, the lasers for medical and aerospace companies. In addition to these industrial tools, his company's website has also a section called paranormal research, which offer offers several other products marketed directly to ghost hunters. I cannot speak today. I am so sorry, guys including emf meters audio players and of course the rem pod which is this guy here so if you guys are not watching on youtube maybe head over and look on youtube because i'm showing you guys the devices galka started creating uh, these devices after he tragically lost his oldest daughter melissa in a fatal car crash in 2004 several days later the family returned home from the hospital and immediately began reporting odd experiences which the family believed was melissa attempting to communicate with them for example he told the hartford uh Corant in 2012. I didn't hope I fucking said that right. I don't know. She started doing things like ringing the doorbell, changing TV channels, turning lights on and off. Um, then one time she came into my room and I felt her sit on the edge of the bed. Galka was inspired by these personal experiences to create devices that he believed would allow him and others to communicate with spirits. His devices have been featured on the Travel Channel. Not going to say the stupid show name you guys can just figure it out on your own causing them to become extremely popular so this is like the second time i've said a device has become popular i just it's all bs guys the device is popular because millions of people buy it Anyway, the REM pod has evolved over the past few years incorporating additional options to satisfy customers request for our purposes, I will be examining the original version, which I acquired and assembled in 2019. On the outside, the original REM pod's body, main body, is a black 4-inch PVC co uh, coupling, 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 in um, the kind you can find at any hardware store for around $2. The top of the device has a telescope telescopic um, antenna with small speakers and what appears to be four sections of a hot glue stick yes that kind of goes with the hot glue gun when the device turned on the glue uh, the glue sticks can be illuminated via the different led colors underneath each one the antenna glue sticks and the speaker are set on a thick layer of resin which also includes up to chunks of additional glue cheaply the filler on the bottom of the device and a nine volt battery on the top of the on and off button. So what he's saying is instead of there being these nice glass ones, it would be like if somebody put a glue stick and just kind of put them on here and they would kind of glow. So it was very cheap looking. I'm looking at the picture. It's, it's, it's kind of cheap looking. I, yeah. 
When I cracked open the device, I found something interesting. There are four LEDs which illuminate the glue sticks, some wires, and main components. A Junior Thurman circuit. I have no idea what that is. The Junior Thurman circuit is a miniaturized novelty version. Oh, he's going to tell us. Of the Thurman, which comes um, in a hobby kit from a company called Mad Lab and can be purchased for about 20 bucks. Excuse me. The internal parts are sandwich between the two layers of the cardboard and resin with glue sticks okay the revolution here is that the rem pod is not the same brand new invention designed for ghost hunting community it is a hobby kit that has been repackaged and sold in an in inflated price this strategy is like is like another device I reviewed not too long ago, the vibration activated light sphere. That device it was marketed directly to ghost hunters, even though it was nothing more than a repackaged cat toy. The inspiration of the Junior Thurman comes from the namesake, the Thurman, an electrical music instrument controlled without physical contact by the Thurmanist's performer. It is named after the inventor Leon Thurman, um who patented the device in 1928. The Thurman consists of a box with two metal antennas, each uh, of which create an electromagnetic field. The thermos stands in front of the instrument, moving his or her hands closer or further from each antenna. Um, this forms a capacitor between the thermos hands and antennas. The capacitor... 121 gigawatts. Uh, the, ca um, the capacitance of the electromagnetic field varies by the distance between the player and the instrument. One antenna controls the pitch while the other controls the volume. The closer your hands are to the antennas, the higher the pitch or the volume, which is exactly what the REM pod does. The process is scaled down significantly for the Junior Thurman. This hobby kit version only has one antenna, which is a short length of a wire with a much more limited pitch range. Your hand or an, an conductive material also needs to be within six inches of the antenna to activate the device. So basically, guys, if nothing is within this antenna or this field within six inches, it's not going to go off. So if I walk past it, it's not going to go off. Okay. Like something literally has to be up on it. Like six inches, that's like really close. Um, when it comes to ghost hunting, enthusiasts typically use the REM pod as a spirit communication device. The device is placed in an allegedly haunted location, room, hallway, staircase, wherever. The ghost hunter begins asking various questions. The ghosts are, dis are, are uh, directed to touch the device or make it light up. A positive response occurs when the device lights up and makes a noise and the spirits are thanked for their participation in the interaction. The ghost hunters are convinced ghosts are causing the device to react and indeed communicating with the spirit of the dead there are several episodes on this one show that we will not talk about <laughs> where the scene plays out um, as well as hundreds if not thousands of youtube videos showcasing similar situations in the event of ghost hunters receive no response the questions are often repeated multiple times or the ghost hunter moves on to a different question um, to then the device eventually lights up. This is a similar method that we use during EVP or electronic voice phenomenon ses sessions where ghost hunters are waiting for a vocal response rather, rather than hearing a tone played along with some lights. If no response comes at all, they often hear an excuse such as the spirits don't want to talk tonight or it doesn't work or it worked last time. So is this device really interacting with spirits? I find highly unlikely do you hear that highly unlikely well honestly no first there are 
ever-present issues that if ghosts did exist, which I still, which is still unconfirmed, we have no idea what physical properties they would possess or how they would interact with the environment. Therefore, we don't know how to test for such entities. The Junior Thurman kit requires a conductive material and a clock's proximity, clocks, a close proximity. Oh my goodness, for it to make a noise. And when we have no idea if ghost uh, would have such a physical property to be able to do so. Second, the conditions under which the device devices are used does not prevent contamination by real world influences disrupting the electromagnetic field. Enthusiasts place the device out on its own and fail to establish ba basic experimental controls to prevent tampering, either accidental or deliberate. For example, a two-way radio, the kind often used in production crews to keep contact with separate teams. The trigger, the REM pod could easily go off and simple tests to be formed uh so it's basically stating that the rem pod and i will say this there's a, something called the boo bear or boo buddy or ghost buddy it looks like a teddy bear and it's basically got one of these built into it so when you touch its arm or you touch its belly it says different things depending on what supposedly the spirit is touching or the ghost well i was using one of them in an investigation with my friend brett and uh, we had walkie talkies and every single time I hit the walkie talkie, it would go off. And I started realizing like, hey, every single time I push this button, it goes off. So I completely told everybody on YouTube like, hey, this is not real. Like my walkie is going off. So I do feel like a lot of investigators do fail, like the ones that are on TikTok, the ones that are on YouTube. And look, if you guys are my investigator friends, I am not bad mouthing you. This is just me putting out there how these devices really work, what scientists say, and things like that, okay? So please don't take it personal. Come after me if you feel offended by this. It's not meant to offend anybody. I'm a paranormal investigator too, remember? So don't come after me. But if we don't do a baseline read of our investigation, we go in, we do, you know, we take our K2 meters, we look for electro electromagnetic field uh, fluxes around the place. We don't see dust. We don't do these things. We don't test our walkies. We're not really good investigators because being paranormal investigators, we are supposed to determine anything besides paranormal does that make sense so for us to go in and be like oh my gosh that's a ghost a ghost touched that a ghost did this a ghost did that you're a ghost hunter you're not a paranormal investigator there's a difference between the two do i believe in spirits absolutely i've had so many experiences i could go on forever do i believe that spirits are able to touch the rem pod absolutely i've had experiences with this rem pod that just makes absolutely no sense to me but scientifically he's right we don't actually have physical proof to say hey ghosts exist so because because there is no professional, there will never be a professional in the paranormal field because we don't know everything about the paranormal. If we did, we could call ourselves professionals, right? So in order to say that a ghost is really doing it, I mean, I understand we don't know for sure they truly do exist. Deep down in my heart, I believe that they do. But because I believe and knowing are way two different things. Does that make sense? So it says here the majority of ghost hunters take place inside the building. A two-way radio becomes a potential co-founder for a liability. This flaw brings into question with the use of a reality of the television show and crew members and if they're off the camera hitting the, you know, walkie-talkie to make it go off. So... You know, there's some people that put them inside of stay cages, which if if there's nothing around the environment, you know, it's a cage that gets put around these REM pods and nothing on the outside could possibly touch it. No electromagnetic fields. It stops all of that extra stuff from the outside. The only way it could do it is by physically touching it. That may be better, but you know, it's just, it's still so... 
And that's a little bit about the REM pod. It's kind of interesting that the REM pod came about because the creator's daughter died and he wanted to communicate with her. So I feel like that's a very beautiful story. It is obviously made for us and us paranormal investigators. They say ghost hunters, but you know, I'm a paranormal investigator, not a ghost hunter. So I really like the story behind this. I think it's beautiful. I will continue to keep using it. It is absolutely one of my favorite devices. I will tell you guys that the antenna does come off for easy storage and easy um, to put away so that it doesn't break. Um, on the bottom, it looks like this. It just has um, a place for a battery. The red light is to reset it. And that little black one is just to turn it on and off. It's a very simple device. On the top of it, it has the antenna, the REM, and the temperature. So you can reset those if the thing's going nuts or whatever that may be. So that's the history of the REM pod, which I'm like really excited that we did the REM pod. Um, next is going to be the K2 meter, which I believe is uh, really popular. So the middle part of it is just a button right here that you push it. So basically, I'm just going to kind of make it, you know, do so you guys will see that it'll go up from yellow to red. I'm doing that on purpose by hitting the button. So most of the time, paranormal investigators will be like, hey, uh, make it make it go red. Like, make it go red for me. And sometimes the spirits will make it go red or yellow. It's a good way. It's also a good way to find if things are electrical in here. You know, it'll start lighting up and tell us a lot of... Um, <laughs> electricians use these so paranormal investigators decided to use them so i'm just going to hold this here and see if anything wants to come talk to me or make this spike so if anybody's on youtube watching this and it spikes let me know um obviously you guys see it's the microphone's not setting it off there's nothing on me so i'm just going to hold it right here while i'm talking about it why not we're paranormal investigators let's go so what is a k2 meter the K2 meter is an electromagnetic field meter. This device is used to detect and measure any potential electromagnetic anomalies. It may take place during a paranormal investigation. EMFs are thought to be affected by potential energy produced by spirits, ghosts, and other uh, paranormal phenomenon. However, it's believed that communication attempts require energy output that can be picked up by various ghost hunting tools. Um... Let's see. People use the K2 meter. Um, let's see. So you're just going to push it on, push it off. Uh, easy to read. Multi-segment LED display. Some of them have LED. This one doesn't. Um, 50 to 60 hertz operation. A 9 VDC operation. Uh, um, operation. Single axis accuracy of 5% and 50 to 60 hertz. Um, instantaneously responds to EMF fluctuations and spikes. Uh, how to use the K2 ghost detector. Push the arrow button to power, which I already did. Um, hold the device in your hand, point it towards the EMF source. The LED indicates the range of EMF at that level, which is electromagnetic field. Move the device from side to side or rotate it and change the reading. The highest reading is the most accurate. Move closer or further away the EMF source to determine the normal zone as indicated by the green light. So this is the normal zone. This is like, holy, somebody's touching this, right? Um, I mean, basically there's not really much to say about this device. It's pretty simple and how it works. I mean, this one is probably the most boring one I'm going to talk about, but I'm going to tell you what it is the most popular one by investigators. I love this. I ended up giving away my other one to one of my friends, Trinity, because she lost hers, but I finally got one back. Um, I, I will definitely say that I, I have got some, um, responses with, um, with that in particular. So 
The next one we're going to move on to, which has a lot of controversy behind it, which tends to be my most favorite, is the flashlight. That is correct. It is called Flashlight Sessions, and there is a huge conspiracy behind it, and we will get into it, okay? So, in case you're not familiar with the Flashlight Sessions, here's how it works. For example, and throughout the article, I will work with the mini mag light. So, this is what this is. It's a mini mag light. See how tiny it is? It's not like one of the big ones that cops use. It's just tiny. You use that by twisting the motion on the front element of the light, as you see, and turn off the device. So this way and then off, right? There's no button on it, as you guys can see up close. No button, right? No button. Um, I have seen these, sense, uh, these sessions on television done with a small stand-up flashlight that uses a switch to turn them on and off. However, I have never used these personally. I have never used the ones either. People say that some of these come with remotes, like hunting ones. Like, I don't know. I'm sorry, guys, but I didn't even know you could get a freaking remote with a flashlight. How lazy do you have to be? I mean, I'm just saying. That's so weird. Uh, trust me. I've had people be like, you're using a remote. I'm like, I'm not. And I would stand in front of the camera with my hands up. And they'd still be like, you're still using a remote. And I'm like, oh, God, people. I, I just can't even. I'm like a remote for a mini mag light. Really? That's so weird. Now, here's the twist and the source of most of the controversy. Twist the top of the element in the flashlight so that it's not quite on. This is where I'm like so bad at it. So where it's barely on. You guys see that? It's barely on. So this is done by the test of slowly turning, which I'm like horrible at this, guys. There's like silence because I'm still trying to do it. It takes me just as long. And you know, the thing is, is on YouTube, I can speed this up. But unfortunately, people listening can't really. They got to wait with me. I'm going to put elevator music in the background. So now twist the source. Uh, this is the most controversy. Twist the top of the element of the flashlight so it's not quite on. This is done by slowly turning the element until the light goes on. And then slowly turning the opposite direction until it goes off. By doing this, you have now made the flashlight and all of its intricate workings an extremely sensitive instrument. Sensations to vibrations. Um, electrical buildups, uh, minutes changing and atmospheric conditions, and perhaps the presence of paranormal entities. So I'm obviously messing with it as you guys see. So that's how it works. Okay. Uh, place the adjusted flashlight on a flat surface, such as a table, preferably a solid steady one and use a small, uh, bipod made from a twisted coat hanger. And as a top loof enough to slide, I've never done that before. Don't do that. That's really weird. Don't do that. At the end of the flashlight, small enough to come to stop the larger. Don't do it. Don't do that. That's really dumb. Don't do that. Don't. I don't even know why I read that. Don't do that. What? I'm, I don't know. That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Um, so the line of questions provided here may also be used for electromagnetic fields, which is the EMF detector sessions, blah, blah, blah. So it's basically when you turn on the flashlight, you're going to ask a question and it's usually yes or no questions. Yes is on off is no. So I'll ask, are you a female spirit? If the flashlight goes on, that's confirming that she's a female. And if I say, are you a male and it shuts off, that's confirming a no. So basically people will use them for yes or no questions. You can ask a variety of them. I will tell you, I've gotten some crazy answers and yeah, it's insane. Needless, needless to say, the light doesn't always turn on. Some questions might require repetition, which is very true. They might. The learning process can be achieved through experiencing the willingness to try and try again. Several things to remember when you're questioning. Don't tell me what to do. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, so where's the controversy? There's a huge controversy. Okay, so here it is. 
There is a varied response outlined by the above of the tweaking of the flashlight that has made the flashlight session so controversial and without reason paranormal investigators and others who refer to the flashlight sessions as the flashlight trick have outlined a myriad of reasons why flashlights are either inaccurate or a complete sham. They cite in particular the initial adjustment of the flashlight essentially causes it to malfunction. The mini mag lights are actually pretty delicate instruments filled with floating contact elements and other mechanisms that are consistently under tension from the spring at the base of the flashlight. As soon as uh, the forward element is twisted whether the light bulb is on or off. The critics point out that operating the flashlight while it is malfunctioning may cause it to be activated by even the smallest stimulus. And they cite elements such as moisture, vibration, and electrical buildup within the instrument can cause the light to go on and off without the presence of any paranormal activity. This is 100% true. There are even videos of people talking about ridiculous elements such as their gym socks or the flashlight god that show the flashlight going on and off and apparent responses to questions posed by the elements. Mysterious Destination Magazine agrees with critics. Every point they've made about the operation of the flashlight of the very of sources can be triggered that the light bulb seem to be reasonably and correct. However, we do point out that, that some circumstances that lead to such false positives also make the flashlight extremely responsive to the electromagnetic fields generally agreed to be generated by paranormal entities. That is why we seldom use the flashlight sessions in a standalone indication of possible paranormal activity. Instead, we endeavor to use the combined of instruments. So I would always say instead of just using one, you want to use multiple. That's why sometimes I'll do a flashlight session, then I'll move on to a REM pod session, or maybe I'll do multiple at the same time. I will tell you this 100%. If you don't set this correct, the flashlight will just start flashing on and off by itself. And there's times I've had to go reset it because I'm like, oh, the flashlight's messing up. So unless you have it perfect, you are going to get a false positive. And you as the investigator need to understand when it is a false positive and when it's not right. There, It is okay to go up and readjust it. Just readjust the dang thing. If you set it down and it instantly turns on, you most likely didn't do it right. Okay. So you really got to make sure that it's not flickering or like flashing like a strobe light, like, you know, freaking at a, at a dance party. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you want to make sure, cause it will do that too. So just know that with great power comes great responsibility, Peter Parker. All right. If you guys don't know that Spider-Man and I'm a nerd anyway, I'll move on. So just know the flashlight. You can't always use that as 100% evidence. I will tell you, you need to use a mag light. A mag light is the one that twists on and off. Do not use one with a button. That will not work. Got it, home skillets? It won't work. It will not work for you. Do not get ones with freaking remotes. That's dumb. I didn't even know flashlights came with remotes. I just learned something new today. Like, that's weird. But... These are the three devices I wanted to choose to talk about today because they are popular and people always ask me, how is it that it works? How does it work? How does the REM pod work? It's not real and blah, 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 this. And it wasn't used for paranormal investigating. Look, I just told you the truth. And as a paranormal investigator, I will tell you that machines can be faulty just as people can make mistakes. So the best device you could always use is yourself. Trust your gut, trust your mind, trust how you feel, understand when a situation's not great and you need to move. 
you know? So this will conclude episode three of season three. I want to say thank you guys so much for being a part of this episode. If you are listening to me on audio through one of your podcasts, anywhere that you stream, just know I want to say thank you. Please share this out to people. Get me to some downloads. Share it out to your friends, family, loved ones. I really appreciate you. Anybody watching me on YouTube, I want to say thank you so much for supporting me. All you have to do is hit that like button. That's that subscribe button and make sure you comment in my video on what you guys think and maybe what your favorite device is or if you think I'm just full of shit you could do that too that's perfectly fine so I just want to say thank you guys so much for being here um, and until next time stay strange and unusual Don't be sad, spooky listener. Head on over to lunaparanormal.com. That's L-U-N-A paranormal.com, where you can get your spooky fix of Luna 24-7. And until next time, I hope you guys stay strange and unusual.